Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Brand Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Brand Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollnbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast, the show where we talk exclusively about Watford Football Club. My name is Matt Messiano and joining me today, as usual, is football analyst Jordan Weimer and football journalist Tom Burdell. How are we doing, guys? Very well, thanks, Matt. It's good that we're all back together again. Uh, for the second week in the row now, is it? Yeah, we're doing good. Wow, impressive. Tom? Yeah, very well. That wasn't uh, a dig at you, by the way, Tom. I'm just uh, saying. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Uh, you know, the weather's improving, the world is improving. I'm a man in demand, slash... Uh, my girlfriend <laughs> books me up very early for the weekends uh, and, and, and social engagements. So apologies to all those that have missed me. Well, it uh, it wasn't to be a championship winning season in the end for the Hornets, as as both a Norwich City victory and a Watford defeat sealed Norwich's second championship title in three years. Well done to them. In the end today, though, against the Brentford side that seemed like they were just more up for it it was um i don't know i mean sometimes you hear the old phrase there they're on the beach already and i don't know if that's that really describes the watford performance today it was a sort of a a a team that was a little bit different to how how they usually are they sort of shuffled the pack a bit but um a little bit below par i I think is 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 a is an adequate response but let's let's talk to the, the man who really knows these things jordan um from a football analystic type of, uh, of, of opinion how were Watford today? Uh, we weren't great um, we, yeah we weren't great I think as you said you know about on the beach you know you can you can definitely say that in some regards but I think ultimately we've we've been under pressure for so long the team's been under immense amounts of pressure for such large portions of the season it's inevitable that today's levels were going to be off what they were uh, beforehand we just won promotion and you know we discussed in the previous podcast this isn't about this isn't the same as a normal year where you're looking to get promoted and and you'd like to win the title. Of course, don't get me wrong. Of course, you want to do that. But the ultimate goal was giving up, and really, that's all that mattered. In this financial climate, it makes a huge difference to us. So, the the foot was always going to be let off the gas a little bit, and, and Brentford have to they have to keep some momentum up. And obviously, they changed they changed some players around, but those players are fighting for starting spots in the playoffs now too. So, it is always going to be that way. Um, I really think, just seeing some of the reaction early on, I really think we have to kind of keep our heads on here and, and keep it in perspective because whilst we weren't great, we weren't playing to our, our maximum levels by any means, it's completely understandable and it's it's not a big concern by any means. Tom, what's the reaction from the fans been on, in the Twitter sphere? <laughs> well, the reaction in the Twitter sphere has been quite muted, obviously, because of the, uh, 
the social uh, media blackout this weekend. So I actually took a step back in time and used the forum to gauge my opinion after the game. I don't venture in there very often. I used to post a lot when I was younger. I guess probably had more time and no responsibilities. Um, the res- the re- reaction there was pretty bloody negative, I have to be honest. And I, I, I felt myself, for once, being the kind of positive person in the room, I think. Um, you know, to echo really what Jordan said, it's... You know, I don't, I don't know how much we can really draw from from this one game. It would have been lovely to have, you know, beaten them comfortably and said, yeah, look how good we are, beating the, the next best team in the division comfortably, marching into the Premier League. But ultimately, the job is done. You know, we had a slim chance of winning the title, but given uh, the, the teams that Norwich were playing, obviously Reading, who missed out on the playoffs, and Barnsley, who will be getting ready for the playoffs, the likelihood of them, you know, dropping a sufficient amount of points was always fairly slim and the opponents that we were facing were good teams as well. Um, getting a bit off course there, but <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, we had kind of half the, the what would be the the regular first 11 missing, no Feminia, no mm. um, Truce de Kong, no Chalabar, no Saar, no Pedro, you know, that's bound to weaken us. And I think, you know, maybe the one thing that we learn and the one bit of reaction that's fair is that we're going to need more depth in the Premier League. But I think we probably already knew that. And in terms of individuals, there were people that, you know, were afforded an opportunity today and and didn't take it. But then they've been afforded opportunities throughout the season and haven't taken it. So I don't think we can, you know, it's a very small sample size in a very sort of meaningless environment uh, to be drawing, making sweeping conclusions. Two big disappointments for me, sorry, I'll say actually. One big, one less. So one... Uh, Joe Hungbo going off injured after 20 minutes that was a real shame because he'd already probably shown our two most exciting kind of moments up to that point um, before he went off injured and it had been great to see him for the best part of the game and secondly that Philip Zinkenagel's um, uh, little uh, jaunt on the right hand side was so short lived before Tom Cleverley got injured but you know if that's all I can find to complain about then we're in a good place, aren't we? We're Premier League bound. So perspective required, I think. I think just if I can touch on that as well, quick, Matt. I mean, I haven't been posting this weekend, but I did look through to see, you know, what kind of reaction there has been. And I was very shocked to see how overwhelmingly negative things were too. I thought it was a massive overreaction in so many regards. Tom and I were discussing just before we started recording. Uh, I don't think we learned a single new thing today. People were talking about weakness in depth or areas need to address and picking up the likes of Andre Gray and Isaac's success. But we talked at the beginning of the season, this was a make or break year for Isaac's success. It hasn't performed at the level we wanted him to when, when he was given the opportunity. We, we knew that already. Andre Gray, we knew what he was already too. I think looking at this game uh, and looking at the result and saying that this is a sign of weakness going forwards and we're going to struggle next year because of it, I think is just massively off base. I don't think we're... We're looking at it in the right way if that's the conclusion we're coming to. We made a lot of changes, but I, I don't think if we hadn't made those changes, yes, the quality would be better on the pitch, but the overall application from the players would be very similar, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. And you have to remember too, we're not going out there to win that game. Um, the players that missed through knocks and stuff, these aren't new knocks they've picked up since winning promotion. These are knocks they've been carrying all season but been playing through. If we were desperate to win that game, uh, they'd, have played, they'd have played some football today, I'm sure of it. Um, so you have to take that all into account because, you know, this all... The players are aware of this. They're they're aware of how they're going into the game. The coach is you know making these decisions based off this the situation we're in. We've we already got promotion. That's the main objective secured, and and we can talk about fighting for the league. But we knew we're not going to really most likely going to be around that. And 
it's just one of those things. But to, to try and draw so many negative viewpoints from this one game, it's the most meaningless game of the season. Another thing I was saying before we start recording too, I probably shouldn't have been talking too much before we start recording, but um, <laughs> this to me was less meaningful than, than the preseason games in a lot of ways because you're looking at a team that's trying to build something. We've just accomplished probably the most mentally draining accomplishment you can over one of the hardest years possible. And we're expecting the team to, to perform at the same level or criticizing them when they don't. I just think we need to keep it in perspective and, and look at it as, as what it was. And that wasn't really the most important game today. And we didn't put in the performance that we maybe with a hope, but it's not the end of the world. We've, we've done everything we needed this season. Jordan, you, you built up this game quite extensively with, with David Anderson, uh, a friend of the show who, uh, who supports Brentford and you both chatted a bit uh, well more than a bit over an hour I think it, uh, about um, you know the game itself did it uh, fail to live up to your expectations? Um, no I mean I, I think maybe we kind of hoped it'd be a little bit more of an open game at times um, but I, I think really what it came down to was we kind of expected this to be a let off the, letting a foot off the gas for Watford um, we're not going to be approaching it with the same intensity of, of course we're going to make a few changes some enforced some down to decision and and Brentford will be looking to kind of experiment um, against a team that can offer some some things they're going to face in the playoffs. I mean, we've obviously got some quality on the ball still. Um, we've got some areas of the pitch that like to press, like Barnsley do, in the likes of Cleverly, Gosling. And, you know, I think it's just a, an opportunity for Brentford to try and keep that form going against a side that's going to push them and, and try and find some uh, opportunities to get some practice in almost against a, a good team. Um, obviously, Brentford made some changes too. But as, as I said, that, that gives me the opportunity to kind of fight for some places and rest some key players. And, you know, I, I think it was all about managing that game for Brentford anyway. It was all about managing that game in, in the way that best suits them uh, leading into that playoff run. Um, and, it you know, mission accomplished for them because they kept momentum going and, and they made the changes they needed to keep things fresh and give some opportunities. So it, it kind of went as we expected, I think. Um, and yeah, it, it was never going to be the most dynamic in, in terms of, it's not going to have that intensity, is it? But all things considered, I think it was it was pretty expected, especially from Brentford's point of view. Tom, it's hard to find positives from that game because it wasn't the best. But um, I've, mm. I've come up with two here, and there's more personal positives than than, than team positives. But I think um, this game was probably quite a big one for Christian Cabaselli because, of course, he's been out with an injury and he's, he's come back in. It's kind of, whenever it, whenever you get this moment for, for a player that's come back from injury, it's kind of like their moment to be all of that pain that I, that I went through, you know, all of that injury rehabilitation, I've come back. And um, I felt like his performance was, was, was pretty okay. Um, and also I think uh, it was nice to get a small, a very small glimpse of Pochettino as well, who, you know, by all accounts, the club have, uh, have, have some big expectations about. Yeah. It's good to have Cabasele back. I would have, I would have quite liked to have seen Ben Wilmot get 90 minutes as well, but I guess you don't want to disturb things too much, given, as we already said, a lot of enforced changes. I thought, to be fair, Cabasali was probably, and I'm quite open to hearing contrary opinions to this, but I thought he was probably one of the better players on the day. Seemed, you know, seemed fairly uh, kind of smooth reintegration to the team I suspect you know he, he's someone that's going to be around next season as well still so yeah good to good to have him back I'd, I've, I've always quite liked him as a player apart from those kind of brain fart moments that we've we've seen in the past and um, with Pochettino yeah that's the nice thing about the end of the season isn't it when the pressure is off you see a few of these players obviously Hungbo starting Pochettino coming on late on um, he, again let's not draw too many conclusions he wasn't on for very long 
it's a tough game and so on to come into. Uh, you would hope that uh, he gets more opportunities next season, potentially in the you know League Cup at the start of the season, or or gets out on loan because I think he's he's done well for the under twenty threes bowl account. So it's probably about the time that we they look at you know stepping him up next season and, and getting some regular senior football into him. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, they're probably the main positives to take away, and yeah, I just I just think there's I don't think we get, should get too wrapped up in in this game in general really but yeah I think the positives for sure you get some players back in there and it, as you said it's a shame that Humber didn't get to stay on the pitch for longer but it was good to see him start and you know it's an opportunity to to try some things out and I'm sure I'm sure Shishko wanted to see Cabaselli get some minutes too and kind of have a little bit more of a an idea of what he's coming into next season and you know you, you, you make the most out of the game for what you need to and, and you move on really because we're just trying to get this season wrapped up now and start start our preparations now for the uh, the off season. Mm. And Jordan, a quick word on Ivan Tony, who scored his 30th goal of the season. I know this isn't a Brentford uh, podcast, so we won't talk too much about it, but there is some interest from, uh, well, I say more than, there's quite a bit of interest from Watford fans who are hoping that potentially, if uh, if the money was right and if uh, the promotion does not come for Brentford, that Ivan Tony might be a man that Watford would be uh, snooping around. Oh, I think we're looking at a less than 1% chance on that one, unfortunately, guys. Yeah, um, yeah I think we missed our opportunity to take Tony. Uh, we did have the opportunity if we were willing to to stump up the cash, which we, you know, obviously could have facilitated. But, you know, we we didn't see fit. And in some ways you, you can you can support that argument because we, we got promoted, didn't we? So we achieved our goal. But clearly he was a player that um that's gonna be a, a great a great payback for for Brentford now coming up to this uh, this transfer window. If they don't go up, there's a good chance they sell him. But look, I think they're looking at closer to thirty million and we're not going to be spinning that on to Ivan Tony, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, what a player he's been this season. He's he's been he's been he's been awesome all season. Uh, and yeah, we just had another you know, another one of those games where he gets the penalty and he coolly slots it away. So congratulations to Tony. And you know, I think I think he's a player that a lot of fans enjoy watching. Um, obviously, as a goal scorer, it's always enjoyable to see those as long as they're not scoring against you, of course. Um, and whilst I think we all admire him, I just think he's. He's too far in his uh, his development of his career now to, to be one that we're looking at. I think it's not the uh, the smartest use of our use of our our money coming into this off season. Okay, then. Well, staying with transfer news and uh, perhaps more of a reality now, because uh, the next person I want to talk about is is one Quadro Bar, uh, an eighteen year old forward at League One Rochdale, who uh, a few days ago was reportedly having a medical at the club, but uh, it's been a bit silent since then. Perhaps that's because of the uh, the, the blackout that we're, that we're that it's happening at the minute, and um, I think we're all in in support of that. But um, do we know anything more about this, John? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of news of the signing going through, I think you kind of you're pretty up to date there. There's nothing confirmed, but it sounds like from all kind of reports and quite legitimate reports as well that he he has had the medical and he's he's going to be signing imminently. So, yeah, that'd be an interesting one to see. I think it's a more of a project guy. Um, someone I'd imagine would be looking to loan out. Uh, I haven't watched him myself too much before. I obviously was aware from the Man City link. There was a, a failed medical that he he took in in January. There's looking to sign for Man City as well previously. Um, but in terms of looking at him play, he's a, a dynamic attacking, fast winger. Um, a lot of them similar raw traits to something you might see in Sar. Likes to carry the ball fast, quite leggy, um, able to kind of get around his man. But he he's got a lot of development to go still. Um, he he wasn't really getting into Rochdale's team towards the end of the season. He wasn't starting as much. Um, he kind of struggled a little bit after that kind of close close to the move in January and didn't go through. He kind of struggled a little bit thereafter. And I think 
speaking to uh, some people I know that have seen more of him, he's looked at, at more of a probably a League One sort of level right now. I think pushing into Championship football might be a little bit early for him, uh, as he currently is maybe a lower end Championship team, but certainly not one of the top end uh, top end teams. Uh, and also, you wouldn't expect him to be playing in the Premier League either. So at that age, I think it would be the idea to, to you know take him on permanent and try and try and get him on loan somewhere because for a free free agent and you know compensation. It's a very low risk if you see some trades in the play. Like you might as well bring him on board and and see what you can get out of him. And I, I think that's probably what we'd be planning to do. Mm. Tom, you've seen his highlights reel. Um, he looks like a pretty exciting youngster. I've not told you that. No, I have seen uh, <laughs> clips. I've seen clips on what I scout, and I've looked at his numbers. So, you know, I'm not professing to be an expert here on him. I think I think the most obvious thing looking at his highlights, and it always, you know, just on Y scout, it always. Uh, easy to kind of uh maybe get a very one dimensional view of a player when you're watching sort of isolated clips for those who don't know why scout they break it down by kind of you know different actions within a game unless you want to watch the whole game which i really haven't got time to watch rochdale <laughs> matches this season but your trick is you watch it in 1.75 speed that's the that's the trick <laughs> was, yeah that's for the elite analysts among, or actual analysts amongst us, I presume you watch the condensed time ones, do you, with it as well, where they've got the the dead time cut out? Yeah, yeah, that's good too. I like to watch it just in a far, slightly faster speed. Sometimes it just depends on the game, really, or what kind there of position you go. you're watching. But someone like someone like uh, like Bar here, you, you're not going to have. There's going to be a lot of time he's not on the ball, right? That's so true. You this, so. Yeah. No, it's a good point. But from what I've seen, I mean, he looks exciting, doesn't he? You know, he's quite happy to run at his man. He can go outside. He can go. He seems to like to cut in quite a bit and scored a few goals by doing that. Nice little celebration on him. Nice little bit of gymnastics. So that's <laughs> I always exciting. Always like to see but... a player do a little flip. I always like to see. That. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, he looks he looks exciting. But obviously, it's that question of you know how much football you know is, is it twenty nine games this season or something like that. So as, as Jordan said, he's kind of come out of the team recently. And it's obviously it's a big it's a big step up, and we will sign more established players this summer. But for nothing, and and, and given his age, um, it seems like a really intelligent signing, doesn't it? And it will be uh, exciting to hopefully get a little bit of a a glimpse of him. Uh, you know, people are probably going to be following his progress now, aren't they? If uh, yeah. if we loan him out, I think the I think the word you used to describe him more than anything is just raw. He's just you know he's a young guy. He's he's pretty raw in his in his ability right now, but he he has traits and. When you're talking about these young guys and you're looking down the kind of down the football football league to to look at these players that that show you something, you're gonna be looking at those traits. You know, he can he can be his man, he can he can cut, he can shoot a goal, he can he can be direct, but he needs to refine some areas of his game and that can come. Uh, if he's playing a good system, he's playing for a good team and he starts to develop, he's got some good coaches and it can it can happen. And if you kind of have an idea of the player as a person too, you might kind of feel quite confident that he's he's someone that's gonna learn, he's gonna adapt and he's gonna get better, then you know, you, you take these opportunities to to bring these players in, and he might be a guy that ends up playing for us in the future. So it, it could be a good signing. I think just keep an open mind and and see what you get from him next season. Do you think he's a little further on position than some of the guys that are already in our under twenty threes, or is he in pretty much a very light, no? I'd say similar position. If you're looking to sign someone at that age, I think it as can. I mean, let's let's just assume he's not going into under under twenty threes. Would hope not then he's considerably closer to, to that. I think you always have a better indication of a player, um, of the, the, the rating that or the, how the club values that player, uh, judged on whether they're playing in the 23s or if they're loaned out. 
Um, I don't think generally a player that's playing to the 23s, especially if they're over 18 or, or getting closer to that 20 age, I don't think they're really considered as likely prospects for the first team at any point, um, regardless if we're in Championship or Premier League. I think under 23 football is so far off um, the competitive game. Uh, it's very hard to kind of make that transition and it's not a good representation. I'm not sure how much under 23 or if you've had a chance to watch the under 23 football before, but it's a very sterile environment um, that doesn't necessarily lend itself well to highlighting the player's ability when it comes to playing the competitive game. Mm. And I, I think maybe it can be easy to to overvalue or overrate players based on the under 23 performances. I mean, there's a reason why these kind of guys are stars in the under 23s when they do go on, out on loan. It can be to these kind of non-league teams because they need to they need to learn some competitive football and they have to kind of hone their skills because it, it's not the same. Um, so for me, if he's coming in to, to go to the under 23s, that's an indication that it's not really someone maybe looking to go to the first team as such. But I think if he comes in and we go, we take him out straight on loan somewhere, whether it's in Europe or if it's domestically, that's an indication that he's a player that we're serious about uh, for the future. Okay, good stuff. Um, staying with transfer news then, and this one is more of a speculation, but it's been reported in the in the news in different sources. So we're going to mention it here and, and just get your take on it, guys. Uh, it's E.K. Uche Ugbo, the, the Chelsea striker who's been on loan this season at a Belgian side who I cannot pronounce the name of. So I'm going to I'm going to let you uh, take this one, Jordan. You, you can maybe tell me how, how do you pronounce that particular Belgian name? Over to you, Tom. <laughs> uh, embarrassingly, I was discussing this with someone the other day and I tried on a call at work and I tried to do it so let's let's say someone Bruges I think or Bruges isn't it? I can't get away with someone I could have said someone Bruges <laughs> Bruges Bruges isn't the problem here Tom it's like yeah. Cirkler Cir- 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 Circle 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 Brugger Kirkle Brugger okay tell you what I'm gonna I'm just gonna well it's definitely Bruges because it's in <laughs> Bruges, this is the analysis that you tune into this podcast for um, this is this is very this is the problem when you read a lot of names and then yeah. you have to pronounce it. It's I'm gonna I just have just no idea real, how to pronounce it. Take so a real quick pause of the let me the fill by here. saying that in Okay, it's called league... yeah, it's called circular. You pronounce it circular. Okay. Like, and yeah, you pronounce it circular. So circular bruges. Circular bruges. Okay. That's, that that's wasn't all right. too hard, was it? We just, no. just push a winged it, shouldn't we? Anyway, yes. Yeah. Um, Jordan. I mean, uh, it, do, it, do, it happens do, to be pronounced exactly as it's written. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Apart from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we know if this is close? Is it just speculation? Uh, you know, five million was something I heard, but is that just what they're talking about in terms of wanting? Did Chelsea not want to get rid of him at all? I mean, where are we on this? I think it sounds like Chelsea are willing to, to part ways with them. I think it's a player that they're happy to to kind of cash in on. It's a relatively low fee, of course, five, six million, but he, he's not someone that's looking to be into the in the first team straight away. Um so I think it I think it's quite quite likely. I think it's very feasible. Um I'm sure the player's kind of quite open to the opportunity of of coming back to what or coming to Watford and playing in the Premier League or having the opportunity to play in the Premier League. I think this guy is is someone we'll be looking at more for that first team. Um, he's not. He's not kind of one of those younger projects that we we're just talking about. He's he's an option we'd be looking at being a, a first team guy, um, and it gives a lot of uh, a lot of flexibility because that forward line is something we've been talking about addressing, and maybe it would need one out to really facilitate it. But if we're in talks over a fee, then you, you kind of get the impression that we're quite prepared to go for this and, and get this over the line before we get any players out. Um, so I think it's quite promising. Uh, if you want to talk about a little bit about the player. Um, 
he's I think if you try to sum him up pretty quickly, you'd say he's a goal scorer. And that's kind of where that's kind of where his main, you know, main ability lies. He maybe he's lacking a little bit in terms of getting involved in the all round game right right now. He's not quite as raw um as what we were talking about previously, of course, but he's someone that's not necessarily that link guy. He's not a Pedro that's gonna drop deeper and get involved in the play. Uh, he's more of that kind of playing off the shoulder, a little bit more direct. Still got some physicality to his game too. He's got reasonably big bodied, um, but he's a goal scorer. He's active in the box and he can finish. And you know we've talked about this. How many? I mean, every every club wants a, a player that can score goals. Of course, that's that's what everyone wants. It's not easy to find. But if you're looking at the early stages of his, of his career, then you can say that's definitely a strong point for him. You know, 16 goals in a team that's not been prolific in the league. It's it's impressive. And you you go and look at his goals. He's got a nice variation of finish. Um, kind of likes to kind of cluster his shots and the right hand side of the box kind of just outside the six yard box is kind of where he's happiest but he's able to finish from different angles he's he's strong he's able to break through and there's a lot to like there so I, I don't hate the, the move at all and I think it could be someone that proves quite good value for five or six million If you were to compare him to someone in the team already would you say an Andre Gray-esque type player? No, um, I mean... I mean, one that can obviously finish and, and has confidence. It's not yeah, very yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's someone that... I know what you're saying. He's not someone that's going to contribute as much outside of scoring, but if he's scoring, it's, different, it's a different thing, isn't it? Um, I wouldn't say he's quite as stiff as Gray. Um, he, it's not that he can't... He, he's perfectly good. So, okay, I've, I've gone back and watched some of him and... It, and looking through his numbers too he's not someone that loses the ball a lot it's not that he can't pass his hold up play is fine he's actually quite good at doing it so he can bring the ball down he can play with the ball in quite tight areas he's able to pass the ball he finds his teammates um, he, he's not losing possession a lot which I think is something you can criticise Gray of he's not going to do that for you and there's a difference between not being expansive in your build up and actually hurting your team in build up in terms of losing losing the ball which I think is something we criticise Gray of so um, I can see the comparison there but if I was if I was to compare him to I mean, maybe think of, I don't know, it's maybe an easy comparison because of Chelsea link, but if you think of someone like Tammy Abraham where they're, they're not going to be kind of really involved in the build-up, but they're going to be quite active once the ball gets into the box. I think that's the kind of play you're looking at. Um, not someone like Pedro who's going to drop deeper and bring his wingers into play uh, and play in some areas that a striker normally wouldn't. He's very much uh, very much a centre-forward who's able to kind of get through on goal and, and try and take some chances. That's, that's the kind of player we're looking at with, uh, with Ugbo. Yeah, I quite like the look of him, actually. I must admit, I, uh, one of my good friends, well, Adam Newson, who's obviously been on the podcast before as a Chelsea fan, he used to watch quite a lot of their youngsters. And I think he was quite hot on him when I spoke to him the other day. Um, kind of about, you know, that was obviously his kind of Chelsea time. But yeah, I think that the thing for me that's most pleasing is he's evidently a goal scorer, isn't he? You know, as Jordan says, you look at his goals and you look at his kind of XG map for the season, they pretty much all come from the same area within the lines of, I think actually just look at yeah as as I see it they every single goal he scored this season comes from within the lines of the six yard box which is just you know a great area obviously it's kind of dependent on service but he, you know he's evidently able to make a few for himself you know doesn't seem to be shooting from stupid areas particularly which is quite quite pleasing so yeah he looks he looks good you know he's quick he's not he's not as small he's I think he's got the kind of the frame and the physical attributes to to thrive in this country obviously he's, you know he's played here before if not at first team level but he's, it's not going to be a complete shock to him um i think it, it seems like quite a smart signing and and you know f that five million fee that's 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 chump change in in premier league terms isn't it so yeah i'm from highlights and numbers i am i'm quite hot on this one i have to say 
I will just touch one more thing really quickly on on Ogbo too. I, I know obviously I was talking about his build-up play there and his, his ability to kind of link up with his teammates. He is also playing, it's also worth noting, he's playing in quite a bad team uh, at Circular Bridge. He's, he's, it's not the most creative team. It's not the most expensive. It's not one that kind of allows him to maybe get involved in that area of things too much. So it's worth kind of bringing that context into his numbers too. If you're looking at his his ability to kind of get involved in those areas. If it's not happening very much, he's going to be a little bit below average there anyway. Um, so it's not necessarily that he can't do it, even though it's not the best part of his game. He is more capable than maybe what it looks at, at, at first glance. But as you're saying, he, he can score goals. And to score 16 goals for the you know, third bottom team in the league, it's not it's not an easy feat. So there are some pluses there for sure. Cool. Well, both of those are only speculation at the minute, but um, it does seem likely that Quadro Bar is going to be one that gets over the line sooner rather than later. And certainly Watford are interested in E.K. Uche Ugbo, so we may see that uh, develop a bit further. Keep your eyes peeled for more news about that going forward. Um, okay, then extra news uh, away from the game today. And uh, we're going to turn to Troy Deeney now, the, the Watford captain, who has been, well, this season establishing himself even more as that uh, media icon with his talk sport appearances and, and various, actually, appearances on different platforms. But he's now started his own podcast as well. Uh, Tom, I know you've been listening to a couple of the episodes. Uh, what's the opinion? Yeah, I, I, will, I, will, I will caveat this answer by saying that I've only listened to one and a half episodes of, of Deeney Talks so far. I listened to the Elton John episode because it was the first one, obviously, you know, surreal and you can't go wrong which I thought was um was was really quite interesting because i'm not a, a music person particularly and i thought uh they it was you know it was it was, uh, it was quite enjoyable and quite natural the only thing i would say is that uh they did seem to spend a lot of it talking about very sort of holistic sort of bigger picture things and you know almost uh you know everything was the most interesting answer ever which you know maybe wasn't the case and then i've started on the louis through episode because i find him quite interesting character and it's sort of very different so i can i'll report back on that one at a later date but yes it's uh it was it was decent and i think if anyone's made for uh, a, a talking situation um aware of the irony of me dishing out this opinion but uh troy deeney is, is is probably that person isn't he seven out of ten or, or higher would you would you give it oh seven yeah 7.5 7. okay good good stuff jordan to be honest matt i haven't actually listened to the podcast yeah what? it is on my list i will i know, ah. I, know. I will get to it because i am kind of curious scrap um, this whole pod scrap this last <laughs> 10 minutes no it's all right okay well you know what i've i have been listening to him and uh you know what, Tom, I've, I'm kind of in your camp a little bit because I do feel as though when I tuned in, I wanted to hear more about uh, football than perhaps we've been hearing. And look, it feels as though Troy Denny is setting himself up as kind of an all-rounder type media guy. Uh, I suppose in the way that you know some of the you know the big guys like Gary Lineker and 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 co have been doing. But I guess when I tuned in, I kind of wanted to hear more about. Um, football with these different celebrities and, and their take on you know maybe Watford or, or the wider picture of football but they've been going they've been going into a whole different world of different uh avenues which is interesting and and uh, don't get me wrong I have been interested by it and I'm going to carry on listening but I was just a little bit I don't know disappointed that um, there wasn't more football related content but there might be more going forward so you know you know actually even you just saying that to be honest with you I don't think I will listen to that podcast as much I I think <laughs> For me, if I'm going to listen to Troy Deeney, I want it to be about football. That's I want it to be about Watford specifically, I guess. Um, 
And I think whilst he's playing, I know he's outspoken and what have you, but I think whilst he's playing, it's hard to... I think what would be most interested about from Troy Deeney in terms of hearing him talk outside of the game would be some sort of a biography about his time at Watford. Maybe you'd hear some stuff after he's retired. Oh, you weren't privy to... Coming, it is. Or even or if that was a podcast series, then by all means, I'm, in, I'm there. But I think maybe if it's talk, if it's more of a general kind of broad interview... I just think there are people. Uh, no, it's not even really trying to be a criticism of Troy. I just think there are people that I enjoy listening to discuss. I, I think there's more people I enjoy listening to than Troy discuss these things and talk to those. I think I'd rather listen to Louis Theroux in his own podcast or on something different. You know, yeah. it's not. And I'm not saying I'd do a better job than Troy. I'm just saying, for, based off kind of if it's that sort of podcast, then it, it's not so much football related. And it's probably not my thing as much from Troy, but. Um, it it might that might change, that opinion might change depending on who's actually on the on the show. So I've only seen is, is it how many episodes is it now? Is it five that are out from the beginning? About five or six, yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing really that's kind of maybe apart from Elton John. But if you, as you say, if it's not kind of what I'm expecting, then then maybe it's not my thing. But it'd be interesting to see how it goes though, because it's it's a route I'm surprised he hasn't gone down a little bit earlier. Especially when we started the the talk sport stuff, kind of quite a long time ago now. I'm surprised this hasn't been something that's kind of cropped up a little bit a little bit quicker mm. um, and I'm actually surprised he's not kind of gone down the football route more honestly I thought he'd be definitely mm. bringing in some of those maybe retired guys or even some some active active playing there's, there's a few a few sports podcasts around I know kind of one of the biggest ones in this regards uh, NFL fans is one called Bustin' with the Boys which is from two two current NFL players that have a podcast and they get they get quite a few uh, active players on there or a lot of active players in there kind of having pretty open, pretty like funny, good conversations. Actually, it's definitely worth a listen if you're an NFL fan. But I thought he might go down that route more, but seems that, uh, yeah, he's not. Right. Well, uh, if we have any listeners uh, still left who uh, haven't all fled to these other podcasts that we've been promoting. Um, then... <laughs> None as good as this one, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's right, Jordan. Come on. Yeah, We're the yeah. best Apologies. podcast. Apologies. More of that, please. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, so uh, moving on to, to some more news. Then. There's so much news at the minute about Watford. I suppose, I suppose um, you know, it's the end of the season, isn't it? That's when, that's when things start coming out. But um, uh, the, the Athletic, uh, and more importantly, Adam Leventhal, um, has reported that uh, Cisco Munoz is, is going to be retained for the Premier League campaign, uh, or at least for the start of the campaign. We don't know how that's going to go, but... Um, it's a uh, it's, it's a big step actually from 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 the board to to retain him because we have to remember that you know he's still you know a novice really in in terms of his managing career but um you know they've obviously been impressive enough from this season to um to 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 stick with him and and you know of course we we've seen previously with with Slavisa Jukanovic that uh, they didn't uh, decide to go ahead with him for the Premier League campaign so it's a it's a nice big uh, thumbs up towards Cisco from the board uh, you know for for the job that he's done this season. Yeah, it's um, a pleasant surprise, I think. I had it in my head, incorrectly, evidently, that he was out of contract at the end of this season. Um, I never expected the pro-licence thing to be a problem, but I thought they may use it as a reason not to extend his contract. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's he signed a two-and-a-half-year contract. Yeah, that's what someone else had told me since. So fair play, excellent, good. Um, I, th- I think the most telling thing, quite apart from the football you know, on the field is how much the players evidently, you know, enjoy working with him and respect him. And I don't, you know, those scenes at full time against Millwall and in the dressing room and everything since, you know, suggest that this is a guy that they, you know, they really back and respect. And, you know, I don't know if that's always been the case over recent years. So, yeah, I think I think that is a, is a really good, um, good piece of news for us. 
yeah, I think it's it's you know, it's positive, and I think he deserves it. Of course, he deserves it. I mean, he's got promoted, and I think there's a real feel good atmosphere around the club right now. Obviously, a lot of things kind of remain to be seen, and there's a lot of tests he's going to face over the next season. Um, obviously, there's some. Maybe there's been some conversation about some worry about how tactically astute he might be at times, perhaps. Well, that's the that's the big one that I've heard in in opposition to to Zisco getting the the, yeah. the job for the Premier League is that I suppose with the squad that he's had at his disposal in the Championship, it was certainly an easier task than it will be keeping that team up in the Premier League, because yeah. of course you know you're talking about going up against some very tough sides and and so you know the job completely changes and sometimes you know what what i've heard is people have said um and i think we even mentioned before on on this podcast is that sometimes different jobs require different personnel with different skills and that's just the case but um you know he's, he's a young guy a guy and uh, as we've already seen you know he's got the ability to 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 change his preferred um lineups and 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 uh and formations when he feels like that's what the team requires, and I, I feel as though he deserves this opportunity to show that he can, he can do it in the big league. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's very, maybe patronising to say that he's, he's not tactically, he's not tactically good, or he's not tactically astute. It's very hard to say for us because we've got such limited view of, of his, of what he thinks and what he, what he wants to do because he's, like his previous, his previous job is a very small sample size, extremely small sample size. He's playing with a different quality of player. It's hard to draw too, too much from that. Obviously, the early signs thus weren't good, but the second half of the season, or just after you know, kind of first few weeks of him being here, eventually it started to get better after that Bristol City game, and things improved massively. But you know, there have been a couple of things that maybe raised some eyebrows, but for the most part, he hasn't had to make too, too many adjustments. Once he kind of changed that shape. He's not had to do too, too much. And that's not necessarily a, a weakness in, in Shishko because he's won most of these games that he's, he's ended up managing after that, you know, after that Bristol game. Um, so he's not had to face the same, the same challenges after face. He hasn't had to adapt as much because we can overpower a lot of teams. Uh, and when you are winning in that way, there's no real necessarily, necessarily ob- you're not really obligated to change those things. And he hasn't had to, which is fine. I mean, he's, he's gone second. He's, he's done it with two games left. You, you can't really criticise that. I think if there's any debate around it, it's the fact that it's an unknown quantity more than anything. I'm not going to say he doesn't know what he's doing because we haven't been really shown that he does or doesn't when it comes to these sorts of these sorts of games against teams that are maybe more similar to your level or above you when you haven't... When you, the margins are so fine that you have to make these adjustments. Coaches win games the higher you go up, and the the more the kind of the margins are closer, and you're not going to be able to over to overpower the opposition the same that we have been have been previously. So maybe we'll find out a lot more about him. But I, I don't think we should. I don't think we should kind of go into this thinking that oh he hasn't he hasn't managed for very long. He doesn't what he's doing. He's you know he's he's young, but he's he's not that young. He's in his late thirties. He's he's been involved in the game long enough that he has. Very, he could have a very strong understanding, very strong opinions, and, and these philosophies that he has in the game that we just haven't had the opportunity to see yet. So we shouldn't be too negative on judging him. And and also too, I've seen some takes um, in regards to his coaching badges and using that as a qualifier for him not being good enough or, or qualified. And whilst that technically might not be the case, I can guarantee you that, that getting that coaching badge is not going to increase your ability to coach at that level. If he's if he's managing at a championship level already. That extra coaching badge is really a formality. It's it's about getting the badges and the, the certificates. It's not about the learning that that takes place there. Um, it, it's not some sort of course which 
teaches you how to be a good manager it's just something that gives you the fundamentals to be able to manage at a high level um outside not just about kind of putting cones on the pitch it's you know all manner of things um i wouldn't kind of hold that against him in terms of his his prerequisites or his his ability to manage in the premier league at all it's literally a, a formality um so i think we should just keep an open mind and see how it goes but obviously it was very clear is that he has the he has the players on board and and that can be that can be enough sometimes if if you have that that other input too and if you've got the good coaches around you and you know the right team then it, it can be a good recipe it just remains to be seen but you should be able to question him you should be able to question things that he does but I wouldn't be too too negative based on his his career so far nice one um final piece of news then uh, and it's another thing that's been reported by the athletic we're talking about them far too often in this pod today uh it's well, we're talking about other podcasts today aren't we? Other <laughs> no, podcasts, we're, promoting, outlets. we're promoting everything today everything other than than the Watford buzz um it's basically the the fact that vicarage road is now well it's, it's, it, was, it was always being talked about as as being potentially to be developed but uh the athletic have reported that the sort of stages are moving ever closer uh and i suppose ever since basically promotion was secured that can start now being talked about as a possibility. Uh, this is this is opposed to the site in Bushes. So this is this is the um, the, the case of, of Vicarage Road being redeveloped rather than um, rather than moving out entirely to, to the Bushy site. And um, the this goes hand in hand with the fact that the hospital is going to be having um, a whole new regeneration taking place as well. Which, uh, from my understanding, there is a bit of space that will be made available that uh, Watford would be able to utilize and they could potentially expand the uh the graham taylor stand i believe is what they're trying to do in in addition to the the sir elton john stand which we already know can be expanded to uh i think it's for is it an, an, an additional four thousand fans i think you can get on that side and, and an extra five thousand is what they're talking about for the graham taylor stand it's correct me if i'm wrong there jordan i think that's roughly right yeah i think you're pretty spot on with that does that mean the um, the go ape is off? Oh yeah, you know what? I was looking forward to the go ape. I've got to say, but <laughs> you know what? After the year that we, after the year we've had, that's not the news we wanted, is it? <laughs> um, I mean, it'd be absolutely massive though for 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 the fans if we can expand the stadium to the point that is required, which I suppose would be to the point where the natural fan base is in terms of the home support that we would consistently get. Um, and I managed to keep the site at, at the Bickridge Road lot because because that's basically, you know, where Watford have, have you know, have played for such a long time now, and it and it it feels right. It feels right, and if if it can be done, then you know, I, I think it. I think you know, it certainly should be looked at. I think it's the better blend, isn't it? Um, I don't think we're at the point where we're we're desperate to expand. I don't think we're this massive commercial enterprise that needs to grow and grow to bring the, the tourists that are trying to buy up all the tickets in i don't think we're at that stage and maybe we aspire to be one day i'm not sure but i think for our current situation even for the foreseeable future i don't see us desperately needing a a massive increase to the ground capacity um if we can increase it by a few thousand then we can start to get more numbers because even even in the premier league we weren't all we're not hitting capacity every game um previously so if we can get a little bit of expansion and bring a few more fans in and we can start to slowly grow and maybe eventually it's something we look at and we should be planning to do so or at least have those kind of preparations kind of in the works just in case we kind of do feel like we want to go that way but i think at this point i think kind of blending the two and marrying the two together i think expanding the current stadium kind of does suit all parties most i would probably say really in my opinion yeah i 
I must admit, I always think I'm quite dispassionate about these things, but I, I, I undoubtedly would be bothered if we moved. It would not because I'd be angry or think they'd been done for the wrong reasons or anything like that, but it just it would feel different, wouldn't it? You know, the kit changes every year. The colour of the shorts change regularly. Mm -hmm. The badge, we almost changed again and obviously historically has changed, but the, the kind of location, at least in, in any of our lifetimes, and the name of the football club are the two things that are you know pretty written in stone so it would be a real shame and you know i've i've obviously only known it at, at vicarage road i would get used to it if we if we moved but it would just it would just feel like a different club uh i think wouldn't it in in, in on some level and you know you want to cling on to these things for as long as possible so if they can if they, you know, able to explore an option that keeps them there, I'd, I'd, I'd be hard pushed to imagine there's anyone that is against that. I think even more so off the back of all the Super League stuff. I think feeling like you're becoming yeah. somewhat of a product of a club. I, I think you. I think owners are going to stay away from that as much as possible. And I think I, I think our ownership's done a pretty good job of of finding a way of keeping that that feel in the club for the most part. Um, I just don't think we're going down that route. I think we'll. I think the expansion will feel much a much smoother transition or a much kind of smoother expansion. You know, just going through the Vicarage Road, it's it's a known quantity, and we all have our connections to it. I mean, think of the think of the games we've seen there, and we don't really want to move away from that if we don't have to at this point, especially if we don't really get the benefit for doing so for a while. Right. Anyway. And they've already made it look so nice already. I mean, it'd be a shame to throw that away, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just don't feel. I I just at this point, I really don't see the. I don't see the need. Um, but maybe that's why I do what I do and not what Scott does. <laughs> In terms of the finances they're talking about, they're talking six to ten million uh, for the Sir Elton John expansion, uh, and then it could cost up to thirty million for the Graham Taylor stand development. So in essence, potentially forty million, basically one-ish media star. Yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> that's what you need for uh, for. I mean, when you when you put it in those terms, don't you? One player or um, <laughs> you know an extra. Potentially nine thousand fans coming in to, to probably see keeping the side, do you? <laughs> I mean, you know, he's worth it, isn't he? Um, okay. or, or a fraction of a promotion, you know? Yes, yes. Um, okay, then. Uh, final topic of the pods, and uh, I don't know if it is it relevant. I don't know if it's relevant, but we've got one more game coming up, guys. It's against Swansea. Um, and I basically, I'm just hoping that today's game is nothing like the Swansea game that is about to happen in the future because um I don't want I don't want to watch that again. I don't want to watch today's performance again. Yeah, well, I've got to do an I've got to do an opposition breakdown on this one, Matt. So uh <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it'll be I think it might be a little bit different. I think you might have I think the fact there's two games left almost doesn't really give you that energetic feel of those other players coming in for some reason. Maybe the last game we might even try a few more things, especially now that Going for we we can only finish second, can't we? So maybe we'll feel a bit, little bit more flexibility to make more changes, um, and try to approach the game a little bit of a different way. I think just enjoy it, enjoy seeing the players that are on display if they if they have a few changes and and make of that what we can. Um, and yeah, I I know what you're saying. It's definitely not the most exciting, but for me, I think just kind of the hangover of promotion is going to be enough to keep me going for these last few. And I will try and make the opposition breakdown interesting. By the way, too, we'll try and find some way to do that. Is there anything you'd like to see, Tom? I would hope to see some of the guys that haven't been too involved, some of the, the young lads, you know, there's there's nothing there is absolutely nothing riding on it now apart from finishing on a high. So I would yeah, it would be lovely to see some of those, you know, I'm not saying an eleven of under twenty threes, but you know, maybe some of the Bizarre. guys that haven't 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He, he deserves it. No, you know, Ben Foster maybe deserves a little go. You know, you don't That'd know nice, when we're going nice to see, gonna see him again necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy and Gakia, if he's fit. Um, Wilmot starting. Wilmo, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Peritza, because he's been hard done by and all the other striking options are disgusting. Um, yeah, you know, just guys like that. And, and hopefully, do you know what? Hopefully is the kind of brightest of the crop, as it appears, um, of the real young boys this is. Let's hope that Joe Humbo's fit to play some part. Daniel Phillips, I think, is that him with a shout? Is he out on low? Oh, no, their season's been curtailed. He was way down, wasn't he? So, yeah, exactly. If he's around, yeah, get him in. And, uh, I mean, who else could... Who else is kind of in in that line? I mean, suppose Toby Stevenson maybe he featured earlier in the in. Yeah, he was involved under Ivic. I mean, I'd rather see him play than Lazar, if I'm being honest. But I will say Lazar did a good job of getting involved in those celebrations. He was. Oh, he was great in the celebrations. Yeah. Yeah, and I do actually appreciate that. And honestly, you know, sometimes you need you need these guys every now and then, don't you? You need someone that's just a bridge player. Someone to come in and do a job. And although (laughs) you can debate how good of a job he did when he's on the pitch. You know, we, we, we brought him in. He, he's trained every day and he's been part of it. So he does deserve I'm not trying to criticise him, criticise him for being involved in the celebrations. It did it did just tickle me to see uh, the level of enthusiasm that was at play there. Okay. Well that's 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 kind of that's kind of us. Any any reviews, Matt? Any reviews? Yes, we do, Jordan. Yeah, we've got a few more reviews. Uh we've got one here from Hornet Fan seventy seven who says, enjoy the reviews of the game and discussing everything that is going on with Watford FC. The technical analysis is good to hear and think Matt, Jordan and Tom discuss and explain all the questions we have as supporters. Uh, This next one from JR Ravenswood. He says, great app, good analysis and informative. Well done, guys. Keep up. I mean, we're not an app, but... um... Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks very much, J.R. Ravenswood. Hopefully you're talking about If the about people us. want an app, then that's what we should give them. <laughs> that's yeah. If you, if you want an app, lads, let not. us know, because Tom is an expert when it comes to app development <laughs> and coding in general. So, uh, This next one from Biggers, Biggers WFC. Uh, only recently discovered this podcast. Funny how I only look for more Watford content when we are playing well and find it a great listen. I'm not really into the tactical and stats side of the game. In fact, it can bore me, but these guys make it interesting and engaging. Okay, I wonder where that was going and I was thinking, oh, cheers, sorry, mate. I feel like I'm ruining this show for him, but good to hear it came back around. which would normally completely pass me by and enjoying passing them off to my friends as my own observations. Keep it up, lads. Already recommended you to my Watford FC WhatsApp group. See, he does like oh, us. Appreciate he does it. Like appreciate us. it. Um, this one from Tim Walklate. He says, a must listen for any Watford fan goes through performances and future fixtures for a fine tooth comb. The international break pod was impressively well researched and fascinating. Listen, uh, Metropolitan Man has been in touch. He says, enjoying the format of the podcast. The recent ones covering upcoming opponents have been good to keep them coming. Uh, and finally, from M Crow 33, a must listen for any Watford fan. Great breakdown of the games, players and opposition may it keep growing and all of those guys are five stars which means we now have 20 ratings uh 19 of which are five out of five so that's not bad is it and to be honest we only accept or recognize five star ratings don't we so, yeah i mean you, know, you go if you, you do a good job of deleting the other ones matt so we're I do, yeah, so. Like, scour the web no that's all positive all positive Pretty well thanks for the reviews and everything guys and of, and as the season comes to a close we do have plans to kind of continue growing things um, as, as the off season goes on, lots of I'm sure there'll be lots of news to cover, lots of transfer stuff. Kind of talking about the season as the 
kind of goings on around the league develops. I'm sure we'll come of, come up with a more natural format as as time goes on. But we're trying to do a few other things as well and and find ways to make this off season interesting. Uh, there should be a lot going on, I suppose, in the back of a promotion season. You're kind of expecting a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. So I don't think we'll struggle for things to talk about, um, especially if uh, Dini kind of keeps going with these podcasts too. Might have plenty of things to talk about there. Um, and yeah, lots of stuff going on. I'm looking forward to this off season. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll be back again uh, as a trio, hopefully, Tom, uh, to chat again <laughs> after the Swansea game. And so- Tom's girlfriend, if you are listening by any chance, please can you just have an allocated, make sure there's an allocated time where he's available to watch every game. Uh, get, have at least an hour and a half to two hours to podcast afterwards. Uh, and possibly even before to join, join me in the breakdown. And just about six hours a week is all you need, yeah. isn't it, Tom? That's I was going to say, I don't know about you guys, what you were prattling on about this off-season. I'm on the beach with a massive cigar with the rest of the lads, so I don't know what you're expecting from me. You're an Ashraf on the beach. Yeah, that's it, exactly. (laughs) Giving it the big one. I've done about as much as he has for this team. (laughs) Probably less detrimental with that back pass, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And also we'll have a pod out as well of the opposition breakdown uh, or focus, if you like to call it that, whichever way, whichever way it works, of Swansea. Uh, so so Jordan will, will have the hard task of uh, trying to get excited about a game that probably doesn't matter too much, but um, get, uh, we'll, that one will be out for you as well. So uh, from Jordan, from Tom and from myself, I hope you've enjoyed it. We need, we need a name for the people that stay this long. The, uh, like the, the season ticket holder or something. The there's always those people that leave the game early, aren't there? You know the, the guys that will like leave with there's three True. minutes left, and you never quite, you can't really trust those guys, can you? So the people that stay, you know they're good people, and we're one of. Well, I'm assuming we're all those guys that stay to the end of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So then we, never we know can. What's no, exactly. You never. There could be a last. There could last be a last minute, minute goal. goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many people have missed crucial? I've, I've seen people leave in front of me um, multiple times. I think the the one that stuck out to me the most is when we we beat Arsenal at home two one. Tom Cleverley scored that last minute winner, and Justice. the before me left. Yeah, I know they deserve it. It was, it was criminal, but yeah, thanks for staying again to the end. Right. Well, uh, yep. Yeah, thanks for breaking up my flow there, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like it's important because I feel like people actually stay to listen to these points now. I do actually think there are a few that are staying this long so they, they deserve the uh, the shout out yeah. I'm certainly getting a, a little uh, view into the window of, of Jordan and his uh, podcasting habits and I'm feeling are you Jordan do you do you tend to uh, <laughs> to, to leave pods early when uh, so do you not usually listen to the end of, of podcasts well it, I you think seem so surprised a, that everyone else does well I don't know I think there's a I think once the conversation naturally wraps up and you're kind of there to listen to a specific talking point sometimes I don't know I just feel like we're not that interesting, so I wouldn't be surprised if if people decide to leave to leave early. But well, apparently, they're left apparently now. not. They're definitely left now. They're in the pub, mate. They're they're in the pub oh, garden where we should be. Uh, Although I've been surprised where people. I'm going to keep interrupting you as much as I can. Now, you. Just, I've been quite surprised as to where where people listen to this stuff. We had a picture last week of a guy, guy listening to this on the beach. And I saw that. That was not. What a sobering thought that is that someone sat enjoying it down the beach and they've got us in there. Is it's. Uh, you know, to each their own, I suppose, but yeah. we appreciate it. Actually, that's a new thing we can do. Rather than telling us what you do during the podcast, why don't you send us a picture of where you're listening to the podcast? That'd be that'd be nice to see. Especially in the nice. summertime, everyone's out doing things. People on the beach, you're going for a walk. You're telling us you're going for a walk, but let's, let's see it. Prove it. Send us a photo. Yeah, prove it. That'd be nice. Can I, am I allowed to finish the podcast now, guys? Or do we, do we... 
Yeah, go ahead. I'm all, all right. for it. Okay, right. <laughs> and one last thing, I'll see you all on, on Wednesday for the opposition break. Excellent. Yes, we will indeed. We will be back for the opposition breakdown. That's it for this pod then. We're going. We're going. I'm walking out the door. Uh, I'm just going to say from, from Jordan. See you next time. From Tom. Goodbye. And from myself, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's goodbye. We'll, we'll see you in the next one. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.